Welcome back. We're coming from you live today from William Jewell Audio Booth. Uh, we're here to report a, a very sad, um, tragic passing. Um, yes, we would like to. Uh, we would like a moment of silence for the uh, 56 minutes of recording we just did. That was sadly shut down by my dumbass computer. Fuck that computer. Fuck that computer. <laughs> Fuck that computer. Uh, it was it was good though. What we uh, what we did was a, a a live listen to Blonde with a really really good discussion about it. And uh, now we'll just be doing a recap, <laughs> <laughs> so you guys get to hear the uh, worst part of it. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll play for Tier Fury in the background, so you know yeah, you can get yeah, a little taste. So we'll just we'll just dive right in because I'm not in the mood to keep this going any longer. <laughs> yeah. So, Blonde, pretty much the greatest piece of music that's ever existed in the history of ever. That's what we have deduced um, through our prior conversation. What you have to look at, really, is just, like, the artistic, like, wave that this shit was on. It was, like, some shit that some shit was never, ever on. And never, ever was was on, or will be on, or has been on. This is is its own (laughs) thing entirely. And that's just like the mark of true shit like when you hear it and you just know like you just know there is albums that are like that and you know it every great music knower or listener knows it like it is a classic it is perfect that's why already when someone has to say you know i gotta think about if this is a classic it's probably not a classic Granted, you could also be dealing with a person who has really shitty taste in music. That is also true. But did anybody doubt Illmatic was a classic when it came out? I'm sure <sighs> there were some people. I'm sure there had to have been. They're just dumb. They, I they know. Just, I'm just, just making. I'm just stupid. making yeah. real generalizations. Please agree. Yes, I agree. Okay, I agree. <laughs> there you go. All right, Illmatic is a classic. Oh, 100%. and everybody knows that shit. That's my point. Oh, I, I, yeah, for sure. And so at is this blonde. point, yeah. And and so is blonde, because every sound is in its correct place, and it's a work of art. It is. Know? It is. It is indeed. It's perfect. It's the perfect album that has ever existed. The perfect album. Yeah. The most perfect. No, the the perfect. It's the only perfect. <laughs> there has never been a perfect album before blonde. And there will never be a perfect album like Blonde. This is perfect. And this is our recap of Blonde. If anything is different than perfect, it's not perfect. <laughs> this album is perfect. Hey. This shit is hard, and he's still somehow going real melancholic over it. Real melancholic, because Frank don't got to raise his voice for nothing. No, like, he, he does just not. got to say it, and we will listen. Like, uh-huh. that is it. I just picture someone who's, like, kind of bounce, bouncing to a beat, just being, like, sad, like... <laughs> and just cut out his voice like that, and just be like... Yeah, exactly. You don't need to hear what I'm saying. <laughs> It's beautiful. I never even noticed that. Like you can hear like th- that like real background song yeah. like going in the I guess the left or is it both? I don't know. That shit is like I don't know. Like just like this, this so many layers to these songs that you can like pick like, apart. Pick apart. 
they're kind of ridiculous. It's amazing, though. And, like, even if you don't want to look that deep into it, it is still, sonically, the most beautiful album ever. Exactly. And that's just something that you gotta respect. It is something that you indeed have to respect. Shall we move on? That is our recap of Blonde. That is the recap of Blonde. You guys could have had a whole hour of that shit. And it would have been perfect. <laughs> I had no doubt in my mind what we were recording was the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too bad. Next, let's, uh, let's do a quick little talk about reparations. <laughs> let's play a song here. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, man, T.I.P. in this motherfucker with me, nigga. To the max with it. Rex. I count six shots. Listen at the bando. A nigga jury real metal like a candle. I went from rad to riches to a feature with tip. I went from small car to a bitch with a small lip. So, reparations. <laughs> anyway, we should just, uh, the United States federal government is established on stolen land. And, uh,. It's about time that we start making reparations to people that have been wrong throughout history. I tend to agree, for the most part. Stolen land, though. What the fuck? How 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 is that even a reparation? What do you mean? Like stolen? Like reparations are supposed to be like money. Yeah, but it, the reason we should be paying back is because we took from what could have been theirs. You know what I'm saying? African people wouldn't have got the land, though. Okay. But, like, let, let's think about what a reparation could be, though. Because it's not just money. Like, a reparation could be anything that uh, is trying to make right the wrong that's been done to people throughout history. And I feel like one of the most effective ways to do that, because the, the, our government stole this land from indigenous people is to uh, give up the land to black and brown folk and let them govern themselves or, like, govern the people who are here. But the government would never do that. Yeah, the government's fucking shit. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> the government's <laughs> just a bunch of old white dudes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's true. But nonetheless, I feel like we gotta demand some radical things if... Uh, any anything less than radical is gonna occur. Damn. All right. Astute observation, Kenton. Alright, alright. Yeah, I'm tired of playing devil's advocate. I mean it's it's only fair. <laughs> so <laughs> let me let me look at I'm trying to find this resolution that we're debating. It's the reason that uh that scene in Rick and Morty where uh <laughs> they're they're watching interdimensional cable and uh, the 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 spoof Garfield from space, Gazorpazorpfield, Gazorp yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "You you fucking white white guilt." <laughs> <laughs> Every time that makes me die. <laughs> What's he say? He said, "Damn, Gazorpazorpfield, you. I mean, you're mean to me all the time." But this this, this takes the cake. This takes the cake. <laughs> oh my god, it was perfect. <laughs> But reparations <laughs> <laughs> seem seem to be owed. 
reparations. And I also do understand to an extent why eventually that would become unfair. But right now, and for a pretty good distant future, that seems fair to make the reparations. Okay. So the question is, like, what, like, the government votes to end itself, right? No, the government's never going to do that. Uh, if, if in, in, the case that, in the case that we are writing a plan that says the United States federal government gives back, gives back the land, that is a uh, that is an argument that says the United States federal government dissolves itself, right? Essentially, yeah. yeah. So what's the what's the what's the advantage? Uh, ending the violence that's been done to that won't end shit. Indigenous people. I think it could because I think it could eventually. So yeah, wh- wouldn't you, I think wouldn't the only way the the only way that we're gonna ever be able to. Uh, and the violence that's been done that is continuing to be done to indigenous people is if we give back the land because the United States government itself is uh, it, I mean it's it, uh, it's modeled in such a way to uh, privilege white folk against native I mean to occupy native land Okay. but you dissolve the federal government what benefit is that because then you literally like you you create a state of anarchy essentially in the united states or in this territory and you no but you stop any barriers from white people just deciding to rise up and kill every minority that they see that's that was a thought that crossed my mind i was thinking like if that if that were to occur, if we were to return land to indigenous people, like that would make a lot of white people mad. Yeah, I think they, they wouldn't just get on boats. And I mean, and frankly, not just white people either. Like people who live there now. Yeah, and I'm sure there would be minorities that are wondering, like, what why, the fuck? Why do like, I have to leave? Why are we? Why are we uh, like seriously upsetting the entire like? country that we live in <clears throat> to live in this apparently lawless state. Okay, giving back the land isn't an immediate thing. It's something that has to be done, probably. That the government would work with uh, with indigenous people, with black people in America to transfer the means of governance. So I'm talking like federal reserves. I'm talking uh, about uh, military equipment. I'm talking about uh, uh, like um just the resources that the government has stockpiled. So you believe that a fair reparation is that white people give up all livelihood? No. No, because white people get a living. I don't think that the indigenous people and black people are just going to make white people leave. I think that they're probably going to like want to integrate white people. There's a really good chance that that's not true either. Because when it comes to like a, a groupthink sort mm-hmm. of thing... It's the same way that it mm-hmm. started. Yeah. It's just like you the you automatically all of a sudden give all the power, <laughs> which it I'm not excusing white people for this <laughs> or anything, but it imme- like getting that taste of power automatically fuels that system. Mm-hmm. So if like that were to happen where we were to reverse giving away all the yeah. land from the white people back to indigenous people, then it's like 
they'll get the taste for that exactly. power and it's almost like and it's almost like a retribution thing too yeah right and when you pose that question like what happens if we just said fuck all white people because they've been saying fuck us for the longest like, exactly and what what's stopping us and the, the answer is nothing what's stopping white people from enslaving an entire like an entire race based off of their race nothing and they did that like it's like we we are testing the limits of of the human mind for terror so what we're saying basically is that reparations should be done. It should just be to a certain extent. We need to question the the process by which reparations are done and the in the um, the nature by which reparations are applied. Are applied, yeah. I just the worry that I have there. I have two worries. It's that one. I feel like we're just putting very little trust into the people uh, into the indigenous people and the black people and the uh other folk i mean latinx people probably too i don't well I don't really okay know so ju- no just think about that logic in, in and of itself like y- you're taking these li- these groups of people and you're, you're saying that oh they have been oppressed in different ways by this this white this white figure right and and because of that they will all be like joined in their missions to to build a better society like you have to take into account the fact that like there are mexican people who don't like black people there are native people who don't like anyone but native people and like like we've been reading like self-interest fuels the decisions that you make okay uh one i i think that the i i definitely agree i mean there's people of all races who hate people of any other race (coughs) but that like I think that in general, we we should put faith in people to even. I I think that a lot of people act. Almost everyone acts in racist ways in ways that they don't know, but I think we should put faith in at least that people want to not be racist. Uh, I think that's already kind of being done by like all, all like most white people. They want to they want to believe that that's not a thing, but like. Mm-hmm. It obviously and is. I, th- I think this is the prioritization of racist ideology and the failure, specifically, which Kendi talks about, because it is this focus on trying to, indiv- like, focus, like, it, it is, one like, your reliance on the individual to be good, and, once and like, your focus on the individual to change them to be good, which is, this like, distracting from how the organization of power and the construction of power allows racism to exist and allows, like, the application of it to actually happen. Okay. Like, so I'm not saying that they aren't, like, that this isn't something that is happening. Like, that is definitely, like... A, a psychology and like a, a psychic uh, like process which is happening where like people are uh, like anti-racist or are racist for specific reasons such as that but like does that reflect the application of power okay sure so let's talk talk about the application of power then do you think then that a- along with Kendi who you're citing that the application of power is what creates racist ideas that racist power no. produces racist ideas no no they're a result of them. What? There, there would be. They would have to be a result. Of racist them. ideas result from racist power. No, no, no. Racist power is results result from racist ideas. ideas. Yeah. Okay, then why do you not want to focus on the level of, the, like, changing individual racist ideas? Because, like, that that's been tried before. It hasn't worked. Okay, I and understand it that. It doesn't stop the application of but the giving actual back racism. the the policy of giving back the land is precisely a policy of anti-racist power. Like it's it's a policy of of 
making a change in policy. No. In racist policy. How? Like, there's nothing, there's nothing equitable about giving back. <laughs> he said, hold up, he said, no. <laughs> he said, he just said everything you said. No. You you just <laughs> ignore the process. You, you just ignore the significance of historicity there because you take no. and, like so the the fact that they settled, right? Yes. Like it that that is a significant part of history where like white people have been settled here. Like you obviously it's stolen land and obviously it should be given back, right? Yes. Once that happens, what do you envision happening for white people? Like, probably being integrated. I don't think that they're just going to start, like, massacres of white people. No, that's not the problem. White people are still the majority. If you create that okay. problem, then, like, it's just going to be an uprising of white people. No, it's not going to be a fighting back because, because of the choices that black and brown people make. That's that's why I'm saying that there needs to be a shift in power. It's not like the government just immediately dissolves itself as it is. It shifts its resources So, so then the, the white people become a, a suppressed minority. I don't think that's going to happen. Like, one, you have to think of the fact that there's international actors in the current political climate. So, like, Who already stay away from America because they know we're racist as fuck. Like, I, no, I think that, like, America gets pu punished in the international stage because of their racist yeah. actions. Uh -huh. So and if you immediately it's did against that. America's self-interest, then, to continue to be racist. And I don't think the black and brown people, if they take power, are going to just immediately reverse that the means of racism against white people. I think they're going to, having experienced racism, want to create a less racist society. So you, you're going to tell me that there are going to be no white power advocates happening once we reverse the poles of power? I like what if or th there, th there wouldn't be an increase in, in white power advocates uh, advocacy after we revo reverse the poles of power? If there is the the black and brown people now have the means of power that you're talking about the the power that you want to focus on. So are you not just recreating the exact same scenario? Why which should caused we, Why should we not repress Nazis? Okay. So we're not saying that we shouldn't that's not repress the point. Not, we're saying that like Nazis will be there regardless. The the, the point is we're just fueling a melting pot of race relations in the United States which reparations is completely antithetical to. I just don't think that's true. I don't understand your logic here. Like, so... Why would giving back the land stand on its own enough as a beneficial idea to replicate the issues of racism in America? Giving back the land isn't supposed to replicate the racist ideas. But it does. That is true. Well, it isn't supposed to, but like that 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 doesn't matter. Uh, no matter what, that'll uh. It it's because there will always be stupid people. <laughs> the. <laughs> but the, this but is the I, problem. But giving back the land, I don't. I think that it, giving back the land is the best way to account for the stupid people because right now a lot of the stupid people are either being empowered by our government or in our government. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so that's that's the issue of reparations. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good discussion. Lasted twenty minutes. Not bad. I mean, yeah, we could continue. Yeah. I'm down. I'm down for whatever. Lead the way. That just felt like a natural. No one else had something to say. I don't know. I feel like there's more to discuss. Let's do it then. Keep going. I'm trying to think of other <laughs> arguments. Alright. I, I, I don't want I don't want you to think of arguments against my position. I want to hear what your position on reparations is. That that's not the point of this. What do you mean? Alright. What political credibility would a country What do like, you mean that's not the point of what, this? What, what, like so okay. after we give the land back who who would work with the United States? Like, would we internationally die? No. Like, why not? Because I think we should trust the people that we are giving power to that they will be able to sustain international relations and work to improve upon our relations with other nations. So white people just don't? I mean, a lot of the time, I don't know. Like, I, well, like, and and saying so that they're dumb, you just I'm made a racist statement. Not, not. It's not because they're white. It's like <laughs> I said, are white people dumb? And you said a lot of the time they are. You just the made ones a, a, a <laughs> comment about a racial group saying that they yeah, are okay. inferior it, as a racial. It both group, is, rich, which is a racist. It statement. both is and isn't because they're white. It isn't because they're wh- ra- white in the racist way of assuming that genetically white people somehow are stupider. But it is because they're white in the sense that white people are socially conditioned in such a way. Yeah, that like they that's have just how like it's, it's a collective consciousness group think. Mm-hmm. And it would, ha- it would take an evolution of white people for that to go away. It's, yeah, it's going to have to require a change of consciousness. So you are saying genetically... They're inferior. <laughs> no, not genetically. No. You're saying it's that the they would need it. They, they, they conventionally, are not genetically. Conventionally inferior. Not nature versus nurture. It's it's entirely the the way they were nurtured. Yeah. So that's why there are. I mean, I don't really know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so no, as a group, white people have bad parenting. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be uncomfortable making that statement. <laughs> like, my parents were wonderful. That's why I don't. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I don't hate black people. That's, I, that's why I'm not racist because my parents helped me see that that's the correct way. And now that I have seen that way, obviously I'm going to believe my entire life that that is the proper way to live. I I love my parents, but nonetheless, and I think that both of my parents very intentionally want to not be racist, want to be anti-racist probably, but nonetheless, I can observe ways that they have acted racist, and uh, and because I love them, like, I believe in their ability to change those practices, but I, I think that a lot of it just has to do with the ways that people are conditioned, with the types of um, yeah, just the types of models that we're given in society. Yeah, and it's not like it's not even something necessarily. I mean, you can see it sometimes, but it's just the way our system works. You automatically are ingrained into a society that's much different than what some what someone who's a person of color would go through. Mm-hmm. And 
it would take a real I think it would take a long time for like people who don't believe in racial integration racist people would I I feel like that number might jump up because of some of those things in the long haul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tavares thinking on it. Yeah, more thoughts on. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Penny Bloom podcast getting all political on you, huh? <laughs> Damn, that was a good one. What's funny is the point of that was to just present all sides of an argument. Yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily to give any true opinions, just present everything for you, so just, you can decide. Everything. Next segment. It chew me in some hot nigga. Like I told Tish, I see when I shot niggas. Like you seen a twirl, then he drops nigga. And we keep the mild millies on my black nigga. And my take keep it on. Do you think it might have been in bad taste to play that song after that segment? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it was really up to you, Tavares. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> now we're going to segue into a conversation where we'd be talking about what we're watching on television. <laughs> yeah. So, what have you been watching on television? Shit. I started small video. Did you really? Yeah. So did I. That shit is like... The weirdest, like, portrayal, like, teen drama, but, like, good. Yeah, it's because you know the characters. And because you know the characters, you're willing to put up with all these things and actually take interest in them. Yeah. So yeah. because it's Clark Kent and mm-hmm. his his love choice, and and just because you know Clark Kent and Lex Luthor, that automatically makes mm-hmm. everything that much better exactly. around it. And this whole, like, uh, I never really realized how different this origin story is from his, like, true origin story. Yeah. And what's cool is the freedom of comic books have given Superman an opportunity to have multiple origin stories. Yeah. So, like, it... Because, like, the multiverse in every single comic universe exists. hmm So they can be whoever the fuck they want from an origin story. Exactly. Yeah, which is really a great thing. Yeah, it's pretty fucking dope. I love that show. I am 11 episodes into it. It's 10 seasons long, and I'm just here for the ride. Yeah. It's really cool to see Lex Luthor and Clark Kent as friends. Really? Yeah, like, they... they so they're friends for, like, the first season? Uh, as far as far as I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I I, I've actually... I know nothing really about the seen, show. Yeah, I've never really seen this show either. Yeah, but, like, judging by this first season right now, Lex Luthor and Clark Kent are best friends. And they just had, like, this episode where they had, like, a, a pair of former best friends show up and, like, have a really big fight and it ends up killing one of them. And Clark Kent looks at Lex Luthor and he goes, it's crazy to think that they were best friends. Think that'll ever happen to us? And then Lex Luthor was like, oh, man, our friendship will be the stuff of legend. And I, I was such a sucker for that. It was so corny, but I was like, oh my god. <laughs> in in Spider-Man, or in Superman's true origin story, were him and Lex Luthor ever actually? Friends? I'm not sure. I don't know that's enough about DC twist, comics. Though. Like, like that's like a weird thing to think about. Like that, a hero and a supervillain who are like 
the like that's they're like the two like what what do you call them like protagonists and antagonists yeah like they're like the main ones that everybody knows but like the, the idea that they would have been friends at one point yeah like Batman and Lex Luthor are um, Batman and Lex Luthor Superman and Lex Luthor are like Batman and the Joker now. yeah yeah exactly it's fucking dope it's I love when a story can really do that. Mm-hmm. Been watching Wu Tang. Wu Tang. New episode was hella fucked up again. Oh so, yeah. So. You guys can talk about it if you want. I don't care about spoilers in this. I know that they end up making a lot of music. Shit. <laughs> 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 no, they kill. They they um. They did like an Eric Garner kind of thing. Oh um, damn. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? His name. Shit. The bald dude, the dude that uh, Ghostface ran up on at the funeral. Oh, okay. He was in a. Uh, they were at this uh, basketball court, and um, cops were there. Or this old lady called the cops because they were just like fucking around with. They were kind of fucking with it. It was some bullshit. But old lady calls the cops. Police show up, and it's this black cop, and they're like lining everyone up, checking everything, and like people are like looking and like. Uh, he the bald dude, drug dealer dude comes mm-hmm. out and he's he's like talking to people. He's like, just do it, just like get it over with or whatever. And he's like, hey, I don't need you doing my job, like the black cop. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he just basically started talking shit on him. <laughs> he was like, you motherfucking crackers, like try to fucking shit show off for these white people, like what the fuck, like. And uh, he got mad. He so got really mad. He choked him out right there. Jesus Christ. Like that shit was like, fucking. It was apparently this really happened too. Like, met like method and like him and Method Man were really close. Damn, like that's heavy, man. And it was nervous to watch that. Staten Island, which is the same place that Eric Garner's death happened. Oh, yeah, that would make sense if it was a direct parallel to that. And you think about that, but like, really, that shit's not new. Like oh no! Not at all. Not at all. Like, it's we just recently have started having the means to post about it. And yeah, show that it's happening. Man, this has been a uh, fun show, huh? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> a lot of race relations here. Yeah. Important topic. It is an important topic. Really? This is a uh, more serious episode we've had in a while. So we we got in the wrong mood by blonde, and then having the blonde segment deleted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now we're now we're willing to talk about fucking anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. Wu Tang's a good show. <laughs> <laughs> Wu Tang is a good show. It is a good ass show. It, it's 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 crazy seeing everything come together, but it's like giving me great context for. It makes their music like even better to go back and listen to sometimes, because mm-hmm. like obviously they were also just a group who liked to rap about literally any fucking thing they wanted. Mm-hmm. But like when they actually are talking about shit that's happening, mm-hmm. it's cool. Yeah, because exactly. now you get to see it. Yeah, like yeah. what they were like. Right. I think it's cool that the uh, the RZA wanted to do that. Like he wrote the show. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I thought it was too. He's kind of. It seems like he's a little dude. Like, oh yeah, like, Bobby. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely the, uh, his main character in that show. Especially, yeah. like, in terms of getting him into music and everything. Mm-hmm. He's the one that's making all the beats. Oh, those beats are fire, too. Dude, are fire. Dude, he is yeah. so fucking good. Uh-huh. So good. 
I just want like the RZA to produce everything I ever listened to, yeah. and I also want Andre Three Thousand to have a feature verse on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's about right. But if it's an amazing album, the Andre Three Thousand feature verse is going to be the worst song on it. Exactly. Only if it's a perfect album. Yep. Yeah. Like Blonde. Like Blonde. It all comes full circle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, I mean, it's a pretty dope ass show. Yeah, I mean that's about it. That's about all I've been watching lately. I'm uh working on the league still. Okay. That I'll show is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Funniest shit ever. The league, yeah. Just because it's, it's just a bro comedy. Just a bro comedy. And it's funny as fuck. Like uh, Seth Rogen has a small role in it. Uh huh. That's like one of my favorite characters in the show. <laughs> And uh, Jason Manzukis is fucking hilarious. He plays a psycho in everything he's in. Mm-hmm. He plays a dude named Rafi. Oh, shit. Dude's a fucking maniac. <laughs> and he is so fucking funny. Like, he, uh, <laughs> the league had a uh, problem that needed to be solved. Mm-hmm. So they uh, went to an impartial judge, Rafi, yeah. to solve it. And he knocked the two out that <laughs> were having the problem and uh-huh. brought them to a wrestling ri- like a luchador wrestling <laughs> ring. <laughs> And when they were fighting, he was yelling shit like, Bite his dick off! Bite his dick off! <laughs> Eat his asshole, Brian! Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> that dude's fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I fucking love that show. Uh, Bojack Horseman released the trailer for their uh, last season this, uh, oh, today. Oh shit. The today. last Bojack season was so sad. Dude. He hasn't watched it yet, and I really want him to watch it so yeah, we can like actually discuss it, because it is my favorite animated show there's yeah. ever been. It's so better than Rick and Morty. I don't know if for it's me, better than Rick and Morty. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's better than Rick and Morty, but the story is much more obvious and mm-hmm. like it's different. It's like yeah. a drama that they did in cartoon form. Yeah. So like the story is much more there for me than Rick and Morty. Like uh-huh. I know if you like really look into Rick and Morty, you get a story. Yeah. It's just like. It's a mu- it's much looser than yeah yeah the BoJack Horseman storylines yeah and it's it's beautifully animated I love all the voices yeah, in it really. I love uh, I fucking love Will Arnett as BoJack <laughs> yeah it's perfect <laughs> <laughs> hello go for BoJack <laughs> go for, <laughs> for GoJack <laughs> dude fucking love that show <laughs> so funny. i'm gonna i'm gonna have to rewatch it because it's this is the last season coming up and they're doing it in two parts really yeah and the uh, first part's going to be here at the end of october oh, and the second one is going to be in january oh, yeah and i'm not sure how many episodes those each are i didn't i didn't look into it but i'm really excited so yeah. i'm gonna have to do one a rewatch really soon mm-hmm. maybe we could do that oh, we sure. could talk about that yeah but uh it's so fucking so good. I need to watch Rick and Morty too. That's coming back on <laughs> That's in November. Back November. <sighs> so excited. We're about to get saturated with so much good television. I know. We got a Mr. Robot season coming out. All the CW Arrowverse shows Starting are coming out. out. Yeah. And uh, Rick and Morty, BoJack Horseman. Oh, there's gonna be and there's gonna be so many good movies coming out. We got the Joker coming out. I'm really excited for the uh, the Irishman oh, with a uh, Bob De Niro. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's a Scorsese film. I'm so excited. We have some shit to watch. Uh, Earlier today, Tom Holland posted something on Instagram. It was the uh, video of 
Leonardo DiCaprio and the Wolf of Wall Street yeah, giving me a that. I'm not fucking leaving speech. <laughs> I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite parts of any movie ever. Oh yeah, no, that's that movie. Is that movie's gonna be one that we should like places. talk about because <laughs> yeah. I fucking love that movie. Yeah, that, that shit is like iconic on many different levels. God, but that's good news. Uh, Marvel Spidey pretty much MCU. confirmed that Sp- Spidey is going to stay in the MCU for uh, two movies, I think. And Spider-Man in 2021 is supposed to be the uh, the third Spider-Man movie. And Marvel also gets the oh, rights yeah. back to the Defenders from Netflix. So we can bring in Daredevil, <laughs> who I am specifically Ooh. excited for. Yeah. And it's perfect because, if have you seen Far From Home? I don't know if I want to spoil it for you. Let's find out for <laughs> Okay. <laughs> then I shall. Spidey gets accused of murder. <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, you know who's the lawyer who can represent him? Matt Murdock, a.k.a. the Daredevil. The Daredevil. So that's going to be something to look forward to. <laughs> Hopefully. I don't know. I don't know. It might be a stretch. Yeah, but... It seems like per- it seems like the perfect storm for it to happen. It does. It does. Like if they're not going to introduce it now, the Daredevil being able to study law and mm-hmm. practice law in the state of New York, not taking advantage of that with Spidey at the same time that that's the point of the movie they're doing. Mm-hmm. It just seems perfect. This is true. Sony does have some good movies coming out though. I'm excited for Venom 2. Did you see the first one? No. I fucking loved it. I thought it was really good. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm a sucker for pretty much anything that's a yeah. superhero movie. But, I mean, that shit was actually good. I like Tom Hardy as uh, Eddie Brock. Mm-hmm. And uh, the relationship between Eddie Brock and Venom is actually, like, my f- one of my favorite duos <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that plays out on in any superhero movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny because it's the same person. So it's like the duality thing you kind of mm-hmm. deal with in uh, Mr. Robot, but much less serious. Ooh. They bring a good level of comedy into that movie. Okay. Yeah. But there's supposed to be a Venom 2 coming out okay. with uh, the main villain as Carnage, who's like the red Venom. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, it's going to be a pretty dope Carnage. one. Carnage. They, I thought they, were, they, th- they thought about bringing him back for Spider-Man 4 when they were going to do that, I think. Oh, well, there is a cutscene in the credits where they show Carnage in a oh, jail really? cell. So I'm pretty, and it's played by Woody Harrelson. Oh shit! So I'm pretty fucking excited about that because Woody Harrelson's awesome. Woody Harrelson is awesome. He's got a few good movies. Woody Harrelson is awesome. I particularly like him in a semi-pro. Somebody hit somebody. Is, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking great movies well yeah that's what we've been watching on television Mr. Robot <laughs> Mr. Robot Mr. Mr. Robot coming back Mr. on October Robot. 6th that's your deadline you gotta catch up by then and we're gonna start talking about it yeah every week every every week because, because that's the level that this show and we've takes been waiting we literally have been waiting to talk about it so like, like yeah we're holding off a lot a lot specifically about the show I know we've had conversations that have resulted mm-hmm. in much larger conversations than just what's in Mr. Robot. 
But I'm excited you to talk about been, specifically the show. You think you've been getting a lot of Mr. Robot? You just wait, you. I finished Mr. Robot. I'm caught up. You just wait, you. Well, you, you just wait, too, then. <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> I read that the uh, last episode is going to be called uh, Goodbye, Friend. As the first episode is yeah. called Hello, Friend. Uh-huh. But, yo, like... The end of season three, like... Bro, this shit's so good. You just have to catch up. You have to catch up. I think we're good here. I think we've done a job. Yeah, and so you could have had a whole much longer episode, but it would have been about an hour and a half. It would have been nice. It would have been nice. But, uh, you know, sorry and shit. Sorry and shit. This has been episode 20 of the Penny Bloom Podcast. Colton Robertson, Tavares Pennington, and Kenton Fox. Thank you very much. Peace, love, and bloom. I love you. Keanu Reeves. Say your prayers. Um, I love you. Keanu Reeves. (laughs) I love you. Keanu Reeves. Goodbye. (laughs)